everyone, Shirley here. I help small GovCons think, plan, collaborate, and prosper in the federal marketplace. For many small businesses, subcontracting to a large prime is a good first step. Or it might be a good fifth step or fifteenth step. The federal marketplace is very dynamic and depending upon the administration, more or fewer opportunities are being directed at small businesses and subcontracting rules for prime contractors change. So how can small and large government contractors come together for the good of the nation when their cultures, resources, and decision-making processes differ so widely? Where and how do we find common ground that allows both parties to collaborate, enjoy working together, and prosper? To help me answer these and other questions, I reached out to Kyle Carmack, Director of Strategic Partnering at Serco. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you, Shirley. It's a pleasure to be here. Kyle, tell our audience a little about yourself and Serco. I work for Serco Inc., the North American division of Serco, a global company listed on the London Stock Exchange. Serco Inc. employs over 9,000 staff serving federal, state, and local governments, including the Canadian government. Our three main areas of service include defense, citizen services, and transportation. I am the director of our IDIQ Service Center, where we manage a portfolio of important IDIQ contract vehicles, such as GSA Alliant 2, GSA Oasis, GSA Astro, and our GSA Multiple Award Schedules. I've worked within the IDIQ contract ecosystem since 2007, and I've learned that partnering is key if you want to be successful with IDIQ task order proposals. I agree, and thank you for that introduction, Kyle. Today, we are discussing three different parts of Serco that interact with the small business community. Tell us first about the SBLO, or the Small Business Liaison Office, and innovation divisions of your company. Serco strives to have a world-class small business program that promotes the inclusion of all small business designations, including small disadvantaged, women-owned, hub-zoned, veteran-owned, service-disabled veteran-owned, and 8A small business concerns. The purpose of the SBLO is to provide an equitable opportunity to compete for a role on a contract with Serco. Our SBLO is also concerned with meeting our negotiated subcontracting goals by the award of subcontracts and other procurements to small business partners. As far as innovation, the Advanced Technology Group keeps focus on emerging technology. It's important to have a group focused on this because cycle times for innovation have accelerated the pace at which new capabilities are developed. In addition to technology requirements, we also see traditional professional services are impacted by emerging technologies. For example, the citizen services work we provide has been positively impacted by AI and machine learning. That's excellent, Kyle. We will revisit those areas and responsibilities in a few minutes, but let's start with your IDIQ Service Center. Give us your definition of a strategic partnership. I'd be happy to. A strategic partnership is not a one-off, and it has to be on the leading edge. It has to have scale. Technologies that change solutions, staffing, cycle times, or pricing can all be strategic and there needs to be true differentiation. By the time multiple providers are offering similar products or services, it becomes more common than strategic. 
I agree. And I want to reiterate this for our small contractor audience. As a small business, you must bring to the table a better way to solve agencies' issues. It could be knowledge that you've developed over time, an innovative technology, or a proprietary method that has been shown to produce significant results, or perhaps all three. At Serco, Kyle, are you looking for strategic partnerships to pursue specific opportunities or broader partnerships that span multiple agencies and opportunities? Both at different times. Depending on our capture cycle, we may have a specific opportunity in mind. And for certain capabilities, we may have a need for that capability or experience that will cover a broader range of opportunities. In your role as Director of Strategic Partnering, explain your vendor management process and what you're seeking from your subcontractors. It starts with a need. That need may be to fill a requirement gap. It may be a small business subcontracting requirement. It may be something more strategic in terms of an emerging technology required for a new solution. So we need the opportunity to team We consider small business requirements, we conduct market research, we compete and evaluate, and then we team. I want to clarify here, when there's an opportunity with an agency and there's a small business requirement associated with that opportunity, you will reach out to your community of small contractors and ask them to present their value proposition for a specific opportunity. You will then compare the offerings and strengths of the potential small business contractors, rank them, then reach out to the top candidates for potentially teaming on that opportunity. Is that right? That is right. Good. I want to point out here that there is an evaluation process and that reaching out to primes, understanding their strategic focus, and developing collaborative relationships are essential well before an RFP drops. Kyle, you said it starts with a need. Are there circumstances in which a small business presents you with knowledge about a need by an agency and seeks to partner with with you? If so, is that something you encourage? Yes, absolutely. I can think of a few times when a win began with a small business partner bringing something to the table. It may be that they knew about the opportunity, but they needed a large to bring certain capabilities. It may be that work they're pursuing is headed to a contract vehicle that they don't have, but we do. Small businesses are told to develop and present a capability statement, but you have a slightly different perspective on what small businesses should emphasize. Yes, and and I'm not saying that capability statements are bad, but I think of non-traditional teaming as a way to stand out within a normal process. Large businesses need to win work, and we need to keep the work we have. There are ways that a partner can increase our chances of success. For example, does a prospective partner offer innovation within a technology area or a business process? Do they add insight to a customer mission? Do they add competitive perspective? And you are saying that typical capability statements don't cover these topics. That's right. 
Let's say a small business has a proprietary methodology that has been proven in other agencies for which there is a large contract coming up for recompete in a year. What is the next step to capture that upcoming work? Well, if it's proprietary, we'll first need to get an NDA in place. With that NDA in place, we'll seek to understand the methodology and its fit within the solution we are developing. This may involve our capture team, or it may include our innovation advanced technology group. What does that normally entail? Is it a demonstration, a pilot program? Well, after the NDA is in place, we would start with a meeting with our advanced technology group, which allows our ATG to gain a consensus that the small business approach is valid. An additional outcome from this initial engagement with our ATG group is to determine whether a demonstration is necessary. Concurrently, the impacted market segment, or you think of it as a business unit, will also be contacted to provide any clarifying detail needed from the small business. So through a process of gap analysis, both the advanced technology group and the appropriate business unit will determine if the small business's methodology fits within our proposed concept of operation. Furthermore, any residual gaps in capability that either mitigate unforeseen risks relevant to implementing a potential technology solution or illuminating opportunities that a potential technology solution would open will be documented and shared with all involved parties, including the small business. It's important for small entrepreneurial contractors who make decisions rapidly to understand the layers of people in large companies who must weigh in on a decision of this magnitude. A good cost-benefit analysis takes time and resources. And I find that this is the greatest source of frustration for small businesses that are developing leading-edge technologies. They don't understand why large prime contractors are not beating a path to their door. But Kyle, you often talk about non-traditional teaming, doing homework, and then connecting the dots. Give us an example of the do's and don'ts of how a small business should approach a large prime. Well, I would start with a vision, and I would say that the ultimate vision that the small business should want to have is this. You want me to want to bring you the next time I talk to my customer. And so how do you do that? What you're offering has to be important to the customer. It should score evaluation points with the proposal. Do you know what's important to the customer? Maybe you know better than we do. That's one bit of homework that you can do, and that's one way that you can help us and stand, and stand out. So do you understand how the opportunity evaluation criteria works and which LRM requirement you're offering meets? That would be another area where you can stand out. That's really good advice, Kyle. Constantly focusing on the customer and not necessarily on the technology or the innovation will result in better communication among all parties. We need to take a break. I'm talking to Kyle Carmack, director of the IDIQ Service Center, strategic partnering at Serco on what large primes need from their subcontractors. When we come back, we're gonna be talking about innovation. Stay with us, we'll be right back. This Growth Masters Federal presentation is hosted by Shirley Collier, president and founder of Scale to Market. Scale to Market helps businesses think, 
plan, collaborate, and build market value by developing and executing customized, data-driven business development playbooks, building efficient information systems, and creating high-performing BD teams. Utilizing the proprietary Davey Business Development Growth Framework, Scale to Market partners with business owners and executives to increase their company's value by achieving profitable and sustainable growth in the federal marketplace. Email Shirley at scollier at scaletomarket.com to learn more about the Davy Growth Framework and how it can be instrumental in helping grow your federal contracting business. Back now to Shirley's conversation with Kyle Cormack, Director of the IDIQ Service Center and Strategic Partnering at Serco, as they discuss what large primes really want from their small subcontractors. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about non-traditional teaming. Now let's discuss the Innovation Division or the Advanced Technology Group at Serco. How is what they are looking for different from what you typically look for in your in your service center, Kyle? I think of our Advanced Technology Group as Serco's futurists. They are looking at how emerging technology is changing the shape of the markets we serve. Their focus is on what requirements are going to be, not just what they are today. This is because it takes time to research emerging technology, mitigate risks, even work with our customers to change policy and scope to enable the use of emerging technology. And that's an important point. Unlike in the commercial sector that can adopt new technologies rapidly in the face of market competition, it sometimes takes years for federal agencies to understand the benefits of new technologies, then to work those technologies into their strategic plans and budgets, which can span multiple years. What does a small business working on an emerging technology need to know about working with your innovation team? Our advanced technology group is responsible for a total solution. That includes price to win as well as risk mitigation factors. So know that if an emerging technology is not selected, that doesn't mean we don't think it's good. There are many variables between different opportunities. Maybe it's not a fit for one opportunity, but it could be a fit for another. Absolutely. Kyle, without giving away any proprietary information, what are the categories of emerging technologies the ATG is interested in seeking from or collaborating with others, especially small businesses? This is a good question. The thing is, by the time we name them, certainly by the time a company has past performance, they're not so emerging anymore. So I would say the categories are, what's next? What's the next development within AI? What's the next development with cyber? What's next with cloud? And so on. The categories will look the same, but what we're looking for is what's next within a category. Do you have an example of a small business with whom you have successfully partnered? I can think of a few. One of my favorite is from a while back. I was working at a conference and putting in long hours on the trade show floor. After a few back-to-back shifts working the booth, on about the third day, I was looking to rest. A small business followed me to where I thought I would be able to recharge before my next shift. What resulted from that first conversation was our first win with a particular customer agency. That small business knew of a requirement that we didn't know about. They understood the requirement, but they didn't have all the quals to bid. They didn't have the vehicle, 
and they didn't have all the resources to write the proposal. That small business did their homework, found out that we filled their gaps, including having the right contract vehicle. This turned out to be a win. Excellent. That goes to show you that doing your homework, small businesses, really pays off. Now, Kyle, explain the role of the Small Business Liaison Office. If you're a small business, this is your advocate within Circo. This is also the group where many small businesses first meet Circo because of the outreach that our SBLO conducts. Is the SBLO authorized to shepherd small, innovative businesses into the right offices in Circo and make introductions? Yes. While they're the first group you'll meet, those offices are usually the second. We're currently using Deltec Partner Manager to attract and manage inbound inquiries. A lot of times, our own BD folks meet small businesses, bring them to the SBLO, where they might be made available to another business unit within Circo. Good, good. I'm assuming that you do a normal due diligence on all of your subcontractors. Can you explain what that entails? Circo has an accredited procurement system. This allows us to streamline procurement, maintain compliance, and effectively manage risk. To maintain accreditation, we don't skip steps. We are going to do all the normal steps, and that includes done in Bradstreet Financials, verify small business status, check a debarment list, have a competition or a sole source if that's appropriate. We include prime contract flowdowns. We do an OCI check and examine other risk factors. Excellent. Our discussion has been about what large companies need from small companies. But how, in your opinion, do small businesses benefit? Ultimately, the successful small business will receive a subcontract award. But more than that, when we've done mentor-protege agreements, a common need, and one that the SBA has asked for, is to mentor the small business in business development, capture, and proposal development. When you come in early, you see all these phases. I think this is an opportunity for a small business to learn how a large business organizes business development, capture, and proposal development. When the RFP drops and a company calls to say, if you're going after this, we'd love to be on your team, they miss all that. But understanding how you can impact our probability of win, being part of customer conversations way before the RFP drops, the small business gains exposure to how we do it. And maybe they can institute their own policies and processes around what they experience. They absolutely can. So, Kyle, how do large businesses benefit by partnering with small businesses? Ultimately, we have small business subcontracting goals, and meeting them is important. More than that, so many small businesses I've met have different approaches or methodologies that can really help us solution. They may have formed as a small business because of an emerging technology, and we may need that emerging technology to remain competitive. I've also worked with a number of small businesses who were started by individuals who left an agency office to start their own small business, and we can gain so much perspective from those small businesses. Do you have any advice to others in our large, competitive, regulated marketplace on how to improve collaboration among government contractors, large and small? Talk to people. Make it a part of your regular day-to-day If you wait until you have a need, you may not have a true understanding of how you can really help. 
And without this understanding, you want to have the relationships to help you learn how you can actually help. There are times when I followed a person from one partner company to another because the person really understood this. They helped me see things in the requirements or within the evaluation criteria that I can do a better job with, or they added perspective that I just didn't have. That's very good advice. Um, I want to summarize our major discussion points. The first is that large companies will rarely reach out to you as a small business. Although they have a need to fulfill their subcontracting set-aside requirements, the market is highly competitive. Lots of small businesses have come before you reaching out to all of the large prime contractors. Secondly, it's up to you to do your homework, not only about agency opportunities you are pursuing and what your value proposition is, but to understand what their value proposition is. What are their strengths as a large company? What is their strategic focus? And try to find gaps that you can fill. Now, this is hard to do because that information is not generally public. Very few of them will post their weaknesses on their websites. This takes time, conversations, and a genuine interest in collaborating. And the third point is patience. Large bureaucratic organizations, be they prime contractors or federal agencies, are risk-averse, and there's no single decision-maker. This is the biggest frustration for small businesses that think and act quickly and have limited resources. Time is money, right? Your strategy as a small business should be to balance your opportunities portfolio with your own prime opportunities and subcontracting with other small businesses. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with our audience today, Kyle. Thanks for having me, Shirley. It's been great having you. Folks, if you would like to get in touch with Kyle, he can be reached at kyle.carmack at circo-na.com, or you can reach out to us here at Scale to Market, and we'll make sure you're connected. This is Shirley Collier, president of Scale to Market and host of the Growth Masters Federal podcast, signing off for now. As we close, I want to thank you for joining us today and encourage you to connect with me on LinkedIn and visit our website, that's scaletomarket.com, with the number two in the middle, where you will find our library of podcasts, webcasts, white papers, my blog, and other links and resources. While there, please leave us a comment or suggestion so we can stay focused on what's important to you. We'll see you next time.